0: All right, as we um, uh, get prepared to sit underneath the teaching of God's word, I'm gonna invite Joseph Tenney up here. Would you give Joseph a round of applause here? Um, this summer, as you know, Josh Knight, our pastor of Preaching and Vision, is on sabbatical, and we've uh, just been treated to being able to hear from our staff, our lead shepherds, and some guest preachers. And each guest preacher that comes here and, and preaches for us are uh, people who have a personal connection to Josh and Desiree and a connection to Flourishing Grace. By that, these are all people who have had uh, an important impact in Josh and Desiree's life and because of that, they've had an important impact at Flourishing Grace. And so we're excited here to hear from Joseph Tenney. I'll let him tell, him a little, tell you a little bit about himself, but would you uh, please welcome Joseph as Thank he you. preaches? All right. Well, hello, everybody. How are we? Good. Uh, man, it's so good to be here with you guys. I love, um, I love the Knight family. Um, like, I literally got off the plane and got in their car uh, and, the, you know, the whole family's in the car and I, you know, said, hey, guys, and you we're know, what's up? And they're like, we're all going paddle boarding. And I was like, awesome. And then the next thing out of Des's mouth was, yeah, we can't wait to see because of how tall you are, how poor your center of gravity is. And I, my response was like, hi, uh, good to be here. Man, I, I love them. I love that family. They're some of the dearest friends that we have. And I have loved coming here just time and again over the last seven years or so, which is crazy, uh, and just seeing the faithfulness of God on this place uh, through their ministry and through your work and your uh, efforts here in Bountiful. And so, man, I'm, it's, it's always a privilege to get to come back and to be here with you guys. And so um, I'm honored to be here uh, and to get to look at God's word together with you guys. So let's, let's pray and then, uh, and then we'll dive in. <clears throat> our Father and our God, we, we are here And we're here to listen to your spirit leading us and guiding us. And we just say that we are yours. These moments are yours. And so would you move in freedom and in power in this place? I pray every person who is here today would connect with their God. And so just give us ears to hear. God, I pray that only your word is spoken. So whatever is not from you, pray you would just guard us from that and that we would receive what you have for us. Um, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to start off just by way of introduction, um, just a little bit about myself as it relates to this book that we're looking at, uh, the book of Proverbs. Um, You guys have obviously been walking through just these different themes throughout the book of Proverbs. Um, So I grew up in the Texas Hill Country. And I grew up loving uh, the hit television show called Kung Fu. It was in the 1970s. Any fans? Uh, not a one. Um, so this, this starred David Carradine, who played this uh, Shaolin monk, which is awesome, right out, out of the gate. And he, um, he was basically this like, super wise person, uh, had a heart for the underdog, like, was all about the oppressed person and helping them. But he had Proverbs just like, pouring out of his mouth all the time, just this very wise person, but like roundhouse kicks to people's faces all day long. And so as a, as a boy in the Texas Hill Country, this spoke to me. I was like, yes, uh, like he would fly through the air, you know, uh, you know, attack a bunch of people. And then like the next scene would be him saying things like, if a man dwells on the past, he robs the present. But if a man ignores the past, he robs the future, you know? And I was like, yes, this is awesome, this is amazing. And so I, I grew up loving that show. And for whatever reason, I mean, you, you can say because it's great art or whatever, but that show actually gave me a love for the book of Proverbs. Like God used that show and this character to like open my heart up to uh, all the wise sayings that are actually in scripture. And so I started to think about, as I was um, th- thinking about this, this sermon today, why was that? Like, what, what about, like, what did I actually, re- like, take all the martial arts, like the cool fighting sequences aside, which are really fun, and you should go back in YouTube and watch them. Um, like, aside from that, what, what about it, like, what did I resonate with? And so there's just a couple things that I wanted to share with you guys. All this is just by way of introduction, but a couple things that, that I resonated with. Number one, Proverbs, uh, so it taught me that Proverbs are a way that like it helps people identify themselves as a community. Like that's what proverbs uh, do for cultures and for people. Like it helps kind of set them apart and identify them as a particular people. So every culture, uh, you know, has their own set of proverbs, which kind of serve as a lens and as these glasses that you put on that help you look at the world in a certain way. And so I was really drawn to this character who had this real depth of wisdom that came from just this ancient, long line of wisdom that preceded him. And, and as he moved around the Wild West, so the show is you know, it's set in the Wild West, in case you're wondering, um, it, it, it helped him move in the Wild West and act and do things and come along people's sides. And, but these, these proverbs helped kind of cultivate that in him. And so he always just looked like, yeah, you look like you don't belong in the Wild West, but that you're part of this other community. And that, that, I think, is very true of the Scriptures and of the Proverbs here. Like they help identify us. So when Samuel in 1 Samuel 16 goes to uh, Jesse, right, because he's going to anoint the new king, and he sees Eliab, and he's like, ooh, this guy is tall, he's handsome. And God says, wait, 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 don't, don't, don't anoint this king. And he says, you know, don't, don't look at his outward appearance, that he's tall and handsome. Um, and then God delivers that real famous proverb, more, uh, God doesn't see as mortals see. Mortals look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. It's just this really powerful amazingly timeful proverb that came at a time when ancient israel was really struggling they felt very unstable because it was this time when things are changing and they're moving now in like the time of the kings and they're going to be anointing these kings and so everybody all the way down like the economic spectrum like the poorest of the poor they're like what what is this going to mean for us and so god just delivers this this line that serves as this kind of foundation for everybody in israel to stand on to say you know what all external things, like even powerful political entities like kings, they don't really matter. Like when it comes to what God wants, because what God wants is the heart. And so that, that, that was an incredible thing to me that, that Proverbs can do that for a particular people, it can help identify them. And then the second thing, uh, and again, all this is just introduction, so I'm getting there. The, the, the second thing that I loved about Proverbs is just how Proverbs work. Like I love how they work; that they're these little short wisdom sayings that are designed for you to hear before you even read them. So, like it's better for you to like hear the proverb and then mull it over and then chew on it for just long periods of time. Like that's really what, how proverbs are designed; like they're meant for us to chew on them. So, take Proverbs 27, verse 19, that says, "Just as water reflects the face." So as water reflects the face, uh, the face, so does the heart of another. So one human heart reflects another. So this is really powerful, multiple layers of meaning here. That if you just like read through it, like, you know, quickly, you know, you'll never see it. But if you, you know, if you read this and you stop and think, okay, so if I want, if I want to get better clarity of myself, like, like have a better sense of myself, the way I'm going to do that is actually by looking into the heart of another person. So the heart of my friend, the heart of a loved one who's gonna, who's gonna reflect that back to me, which is this incredible picture of human empathy, like the power of human empathy. And actually how, like, like in a room like this, for all the differences among us, we're actually more alike probably than we are different. And for that matter, how, how much of a clear reflection am I? Like am I a mirror? For the other person as well, like in order to help their self-understanding of themselves. So I, I just I love how proverbs work in that they they cause you or they should cause you just to slow way down and chew on these things for long periods of time until you get all the all the meaning um, out of them. And then you can you can take that meaning and then go and apply it to your life, to your world as you interact with others and your neighbors and all this kind of stuff. So I love the Proverbs, and I love what that show Kung Fu did. You know, that's just the power of great art. Great art has a way of of, uh, opening the mind. So, all right, today what we're looking at briefly is one of three people that the sages uh, talk about in the book of Proverbs. And by far, uh, their favorite picture that they like to draw and talk about is a path. So the sages in the Proverbs are all about paths. And there's three paths in particular that the sages want you to look at. And the first path, and I'm sure a lot of this is review, and if it is, I'll I'll move quickly. Uh, So the first path that they talk about is the wise path. So the wise path, uh, Proverbs 1.5, Let the wise listen and add to their learning. So this, this is what... This is what the wise do. So so you have this path over here. This is the wise path. So there's people walking along this path. And as they walk along this path, they're moving toward God. So they're moving toward God in righteousness and justice and compassion and generosity and so on. And so these are people, there's nothing smarter about these people. They're not better educated than anybody else. But the people on the wise path, the only difference is they listen to what the Scripture says. They listen to what the Spirit of God says. And they say, yeah, I want to change my life according to that. Like according to what Scripture says, according to what God says, I want to change as a person according to that. That's wisdom. That's the wise person. And so they're moving along that path toward God. Then there's a second path, and that's the foolish path, so the path of the fool. So Proverbs 1.7 says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so there's people over here walking along this path, and they're moving toward Foolishness, they're moving actually away from God. So they're walking away from God, they're moving in this direction, and they're not uh, unintelligent people. It's not that they lack education, just like the the wise people. The only difference is they don't want to listen anymore to what Scripture says, they don't wanna listen to what God says, they don't wanna change who they are. Like, I like who I am, thank you very much, I am good. That's a fool, like a, a fool says that. And so a fool doesn't want to receive instruction. They don't want to grow. So they just continue on that path. But then there's a third path that the sages talk about, and that's what we're talking about today. And that's the simple path. The simple path. And it's important to note that we're not talking about um, the biblical value of a simple life and a simple faith and this, this value of simplicity. Like all throughout the ages, it's, it has been said and known that simplicity is one of the ways that you know a life is even valuable. Is it simplistic? Uh, Brother Lawrence in the 1600s uh, said that if you want to cultivate the presence of God in your life, the very first way you do that is by trying to live every day with as much simplicity as you can. So if you want to cultivate presence in your life, like the very first place to start, simplicity. like get your life. Simple. So the more complex it is, less presence. The more simple, the odds are uh, more uh, more presence. So when 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 the sages talk about this simple path, uh, they're not referring to this idea of like a childlike faith, a simple life, simplicity in living. What they're talking about is uh, is is this idea of a simple person, and I think a helpful visual for the path is to think of a roundabout. Does everybody know what a roundabout is, right? Um, So, you know, this kind of circle drive, and you have these little offshoots from this roundabout. So the simple person is on this roundabout, and they're walking, they're walking, and they're moving really towards nothing. Like, they're not moving toward anything, because they're not really moving toward God. Like, there's the wise path over there, but they're also not really yet, yet moving toward foolishness on the Foolish path. And so the simple one is just moving in this kind of circle over and over and over again. And so this person is just uncommitted. They haven't decided yet. Um, and they're open. They're open to things. Yeah, I'm open to this. I'm open to this. I'm open to this. And so they're uh, gullible, which makes them very susceptible. And so wisdom is here to say, um, you've got to wake up. You need to wake up because you're, you're on this simple path, which isn't morally wrong, but this is a very dangerous uh, place to be. And so there's two kinds of people who walk this path, two sorts of people. There's the simple youth uh, and then there's the simple adult. And so the simple youth walks this path because um, this, this is how we all are. Like everybody in this room, myself, we've all walked this simple path because when you grow up, you can't help it, you're young, right? You, everybody was young at some point, and those were glorious days and so what what you do when you're on that simple path and you're and you're young, everything in your life you have inherited it. so you have an inherited you have inherited relationships, you have inherited belief systems and values and maybe a religious structure and maybe you know political views and maybe uh, communities and friendships like all this stuff you kind of inherit all this stuff as a youth. It's not really your own yet, but like you haven't claimed it like it's my, it's my story. Those are my values and my, like, you know, you've just, you just inherited it. And, there, and there's nothing morally wrong about this. So Proverbs 7 7 says, I saw, so I saw among the simple, and I noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense, right? So we saw among the simple this young person, and they just didn't have any sense. And that's how we all are at one point. So like you're just walking in this circle. I'm not really going in this direction, but I'm not really going in that direction. I don't know. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna going to keep kind of going. That's the simple youth. But there's also simple adults that are still walking that path. 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old. And they just keep going and going, going open to whatever. And this is the person who's just prolonging adolescence. So willful like willfully being uncommitted like willfully staying just undecided i don't i don't i don't want to go one direction and that person wisdom is really saying you you have got to wake up because right now it says in 1 122 um, proverbs 122 it says how long o simple one so here's here's lady wisdom crying out to the naive and the uncommitted person How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? Like, how long are you going to stay this way? So this isn't just a youthful person. This is now the adult. Like, how long are you going to stay this way? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So wisdom is saying, you are so ignorant because you think, I can just stay in this kind of open, uncommitted space forever. And wisdom is saying, no, you're, you're headed to one of two directions, which you will eventually do. You will eventually become cynical, and you'll start scoffing, and then you'll hate knowledge, and, you'll, and then you'll just be straight up fool. So wisdom is calling out to this person saying, hey, it, it is time it is time for you to grow up. Because like, like it says in Proverbs 132, just a few verses after this, it says waywardness kills the simple. Waywardness, just staying in this roundabout, that, that actually kills the simple. So the question is, what path do you find yourself on today? Which, which path are you on? Are you on the wise path over here and you're moving toward God and you're trusting him and you're listening to what scripture says and you're changing your life according to that? Are you on the foolish path over here where you've just given up on all that and you said, I'm just, I'm sick of this idea of changing. I don't want to change anymore. Find how I am. I'm not going to grow. And you're headed on the foolish path. And for you, you need to just turn and repent and run to God. Or are you on this simple path? You're just uncommitted, undecided, and therefore very impressionable and gullible and susceptible to all kinds of voices around the roundabout saying, hey, come this way, come this way, come this way. So wisdom is trying to call, call out to you. And the, the call on your life, if you are in the roundabout on this simple path, the call is to grow up or grow down. That's the call. That's the that's what the sages of Proverbs are trying to say to you. Hey, you got to grow up, or you got to grow down. So how how many of you um, how many of you have seen that Seinfeld comedy bit where he talks about like with kids everything is up and with you know adults everything is down? Has anybody seen that? No, man, my examples are awful. Um, It's a really it's a really funny bit. You should go YouTube it and watch it. You know, Um, but so. What, what he says is like, with, with kids, everything is up. Everything's always up. Like, wait up. Hold up. I'll pick everything up. Just let me stay up. right? So like with, with kids, everything is up. And then with adults, everything is down. Everything is just slow down, calm down, settle down. Keep it down, right? That, that's exactly the call from the sages in Proverbs, to the people on the simple path. To the simple youth, they're saying, uh, grow up. Like, move up. It's time to graduate up into what God is calling you to do. It's time to commit and to decide. These values, these friendships, this community, all these things, like, they're yours, and it's time for you to claim it uh, and stop being so impressionable. To the adult, it's the same thing, but it's to grow down. So you adults in the room that are still on the roundabout, still kind of going around and around, undecided, open to all kinds of stuff, it's grow down, calm down, settle down into this wise path, like settle down into this. Make a decision already and commit, because there's only one way that this is headed. Like If you stay on it long enough, you will become a cynic, you will scoff, you will hate knowledge, you will be a fool, you'll be separated from God. Wake up, right? So grow up or grow down. Now, here's here's a question to ask. Why do we we stay in this place? Like why why do why do people stay on this simple path for long periods of time? Like this like prolonged adolescence idea, this willful, this resistance to change and to commit. And I, you know, some some people might say, well, maybe it's just because we're tired, It's tired, or we're just lazy. We're just a lazy people and we don't want to think. I, you know, I was talking to my wife about this, and, you know, Kimberly, and she said, I, I think it's actually because of conflict. I think people intuitively know, we all know, that once you, like, once you put a stake in the ground and once you commit to something, you know inevitably there's going to be conflict. And who, who in this room loves being conflictual? Like, oh man, I love it. Can't wait for the next conflict in my life. I hate conflict. I mean, I hate it. And I used to say, "No, I like it." But then but then like when you go through like real conflict, you're like, "Wow, I really don't like conflict." So nobody likes conflict, and so man, it 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 can keep us it can keep us in this place. But here here's the thing, it is impossible to live the way of Jesus to walk his way, I mean, he is the way, right? He is the truth. It's, it's impossible to do that and not be conflictual. I mean, you look at everything that Jesus did. You look at when he's in the temple and you got, and you got the money changers, like Jesus doesn't just move on and disregard it, no. He, he has to show them a better way of life and he has to live truthfully. And the only way that he can be truthful in that moment is to be conflictual. He has to be conflictual so Jesus shows this, this force in that moment to actually show them this is not right. There is a better way of living. Like even at the center of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 18 is this idea that when a brother or a sister sins against you, like you have to go to that person. Like you don't even get a choice. Like there is no choice. You have to go to that person. There's conflict. And you might find out that they didn't even mean to sin against you, you know, uh, but th- this idea of conflict is at the heart, I think, of why so many of us just don't want to move. Because we know it might mean conflict with, um, with good friends. Like it might mean uh, our own family that we love deeply, that we care about deeply and don't want to be at odds with. And, you know, we know with the way of Jesus and the way of the culture, there's probably going to be some conflict there for me. And so we just kind of steer clear of it. Um, Bonhoeffer, in his work, The Ethics, he, he has this real famous uh, essay called On Telling the Truth. And in that essay, he tells a story of a, of a school teacher and a boy. And the school teacher, in the middle of class, in front of everybody, asks the boy, uh, Is it true your dad comes home drunk every night? And the boy says, No, it's not true, wanting to defend you know, the, the family. says, No, it's not true. And Bonhoeffer says, but it was true. And then Bonhoeffer goes on to kind of tease out and say, but the teacher actually never said the boy had lied. And he said the teacher needed to say the boy had lied in order for everybody to know, yeah, of course he lied, because that's a question that should never have been asked in that situation. So in order like, to really get to the truth of what was going on in that moment, which is not just, teacher asked the boy a question, boy materially lied. Like, there's a real lie there. Yeah, but in that moment, I mean, all all that boy knows is I got to defend the honor of my dad. Like, I need to protect my family. I'm just a kid. This is a public setting. This is wrong. This is not right, right? So in that moment, the boy's actually, Bonhoeffer's point is the boy is more truthful than the teacher, even though the boy had lied. But it takes that conflict to see that and to discover that. So... I just want to encourage us, we all want to live lives of value and meaning and freedom and joy and truth. And the only way to do that, like you have to be conflictual. If we're going to be a people committed to love and committed to truth, we have to be conflictual. And just know that the Spirit of God is with you every step of the way. You know, these sages talk about these paths, right? So these paths are public pathways, which means other people are walking this path with you. You don't have to go alone. You're not on your own, but you got others that you can link arms with, and you can go on these pathways together and know that the Spirit of God is with you. He's got you. Your community has, has you as well, and so you can move forward in conflict with grace and in love and all these, all these ways. So grow up or grow down right so how do we how do we actually do that so how how do you if you're on this simple path how, how do you move just practically what are some things to help you move in this in this direction and I've got four things here none of these things are novel so this is going to be review for you number one obviously read God's word read God's word and I put this little acronym up uh, it's actually crawl C R excuse me, C-R-A-W-L, crawl. So like, you know, if you can imagine, I want to crawl into my father's arms, right? Crawl. Uh, so when we come to God's word and we come to you know, commune with him, this is an acronym that I found helpful just personally, cease and celebrate. So you start with C, cease and celebrate. Just stop, pause for a moment, be silent, be still for a minute, two minutes, three minutes and just cease. And then celebrate. Actually worship him. Sing a song to him. Ask him what song he wants to hear. Hum it. Maybe you sing it in your heart. Whatever. But take a moment to actually worship him. Then R, read and reflect. So read the text. Read a passage of scripture, a verse, a chapter, whatever. And then reflect on it. Actually ask, what's happening here? What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What do I think uh, is going on here? Read and reflect. Then A, ask. Actually ask God for what is in your heart. Maybe God's leading you to ask him something. Maybe you have something that you're coming to him already. Like, I need this, oh God. So you ask. And then W, write it down. Writing your prayers and your thoughts down really helps to clarify, Wait, what, what, what am I feeling right now? Like, I don't think it's this. I, I think it's actually this. And, and as you write, like, it really helps to clarify those thoughts. And then L, listen. So actually listen. Listen for the Spirit of God. I think so many times, you know, if you could imagine you went up to your friend and you said, hey, uh, I, c- I could really use your help. You know, I want to ask you to help me in this way. And then you just immediately like, left. You know, and Your friend's like, okay, you know, do you want me to engage at all? So you know, I think take a moment at the end of your time as you read and just listen. You'd be amazed at what you hear and what you sense God saying to you and uh, prompting you. So read God's word, too. Uh, seek godly counsel and wisdom. Uh, you know, as I said, this is, this is a pathway, so that means that it's well-trodden. People have walked it before. So you don't have to have all the answers. And you don't, nobody has all the answers. Other people have answers that you don't have. And so you go to them. You go to the people who have walked these well-worn paths and you ask them for their counsel like, like to help you. Hey, how, how did you do this? Like when you were in this moment, what, what was helpful? Three, um, ask God, ask him for wisdom. James 1.5, if anybody lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously and without finding fault. And he will do it. He will give you what you need. So ask him for wisdom and he will give it. And then lastly, uh, apply wisdom uh, in your daily life. So begin applying wisdom in your daily life. And I started thinking about how, you, how we could do that. And the, the encouragement that I wanted to give you guys was to say, just memorize a bunch of Proverbs. Just memorize a bunch of them. Like when I was a kid watching that Kung Fu show, I was like, I'm going to memorize a bunch of Proverbs and then I'm going to Ask the Spirit of God to help me recall him in certain situations. And, and that, that's great. And I would never say, don't do that. <laughs> it's always a good thing to memorize God's Word. So yes, memorize Proverbs. But I started thinking about it, and I think the reason that I was drawn to that idea of just memorize a proverb so you can apply it, it has more to do with like our modern educational mindset than it does the Bible. Because what you know, what modern education is saying to us is look for solutions in the abstract, right? You know, that you can take and just you know apply to the situation. But what the sages are trying to get you to do is actually uh, change your imagination, like and make it flexible, not, not rigid. Like here's a solution in the abstract, I'm gonna take it and apply it. No, like they the, the sages are trying to say you need to be the kind of person whose imagination your moral insight is flexible and not rigid to where you can look at a situation like what Bonhoeffer was talking about and you can see more than just, that's a lie, that's wrong, move on, next. Oh no, no, wait, wait. Like, let's actually see what's actually taking place here, right? That, that takes a certain type of flexible moral insight. Uh, one, one theologian said it like this, um, she said, the only way to learn from the Proverbs is by living with the book for a long time, dipping in and out of it with regularity or working through it, Proverb by Proverb, even over years. Then one discovers that progress through the book is movement along a spiral. So the same uh, relatively few themes recur, but each time we're looking at them from a different, uh, a different angle. So You know, instead of just this idea of, like, I want to look for a solution in the abstract and just apply it to my life, Um, I think what they're trying, you know, even the way that they structured the Proverbs, like, it's not like everything about sexuality is in chapter 10, and then everything about child rearing is in chapter 12, and then, you know, everything about this is, is, is here. Like, it's just all scattered throughout. And then when you come to that next proverb on that same topic, it's even with, like, a different perspective and a different lens on it. So I, I, I think what, what they're inviting us inviting us to do is to actually try to have this book so immersed in your heart and in your mind, walking in the way of wisdom in step with the Holy Spirit. So take, uh, take child rearing. I grew up in a home and my parents loved Proverbs like 29, 15, 29, 17, you know, a rod, a rod for the child and, you know, discipline a son. And, you know, so like this firmness and discipline, but like in the same book of Proverbs are Proverbs like in his own way, which gives a lot of room for respect and freedom. And so, you know, you've got these two educational ideals of discipline and freedom. And, and there's kind of this tension, you know, between those, but standing above that tension is wisdom saying, Hey, both of these are important. Like, both of these are, are important to raise up a human being and when to do what, how to do what. Yeah, you're not just going to always go 20, Proverbs 29, 15 says this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe not in this instance. And so we, we have to trust other people that have walked before us. We go to God's word. We have God's word so immersed in our hearts that we're, that we're just in step with the Spirit. And instead of this rigid kind of moral um, uh, imagination, there's some flexing to it. Does that make sense? Alright. So friends, that's, that's the call. It's to either if you're a youth on the simple path, it's to grow up. If you're an adult on the simple path, it's to grow down. It's time to settle down and commit. So ways to do that is we go to God and His Word. We, we look for other people who have done it well. We ask God for the wisdom that we need and, then, and we just immerse this uh, into our very lives so that our imaginations, the way that we look at the world starts to starts to change. All right, let, let me pray for us. <clears throat> so we always want to ask, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? It's always a good question to ask yourself. What is the Holy Spirit saying to me? So take a moment where you are, and I want to invite you to ask that question. Holy Spirit. What are you telling me? Maybe you're here and you're walking the wise path and maybe you don't feel like you are or you're too hard on yourself and maybe the spirit is trying to encourage you to say hey i see you i know you you are doing well keep walking this path trust me i have you or maybe you're here and you're walking the foolish path and you sense that deep down in your heart and maybe it's been a long time since you've heard his voice maybe it's been a long time since you've experience that assurance that he sees you and that he knows you so maybe the Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart to say hey it's time it's time to turn and repent and run back to me or maybe you're here and you're on this simple path and maybe the Holy Spirit is saying yeah it's time to move out of this out of this roundabout out of this path like it is time to commit it's time to make decision." that these beliefs, this value system, these uh, friendships, this community, this story, it's time to live into the story of God and put your feet on the wise path and move toward me. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are ever present in our life. We thank you that you guide us and lead us and that we can trust you and that you'll fill us with everything that we need to do these things and more. And so we pray for the grace that we need We pray for the strength to step out in obedience, to respond to your call, to mature and to grow up and to settle down into you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.